Heavenly Father, right now, anoint these lips. Give me directly what you would say if you were here saying it. However you want to say it. God, you know my heart. I want you. You know the hearts of these people who especially come on a Wednesday night. They want you. So I'm asking you to show yourself. Not just we declare, we go home, and things remain the same. But God, I pray tonight there's a change. I pray tonight that there's a change in our thought process. I, I pray tonight that there's a change in our heart. I pray tonight, oh, I pray tonight there's a change in our mouth. That we're not bleeding, but we're blessing. Because if we're bleeding, we'll only end up with what bleeding does. What, what, with what bleeding can produce. But God, I pray for your blessing. I pray that as we bless you, you will bless us. And we give you the glory and the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. His presence is in this place. Samuel, what is the bleeding? The livestock that God had commanded Samuel to get rid of. Or, or Saul to get rid of. The livestock God had called Saul to get rid of. Called him as king to get rid of it. Samuel said, why am I still hearing what God called you to get rid of? Wow. You know, sometimes you can hear what God calls you to get rid of. It's loud. But you still ignore it. Sometimes you can even smell it. Can you, can you imagine they didn't only hear it, but they, they could smell? Because sin is not only loud in your life, but it smells. There's an aroma to sin. And so there is now, sin is that thing that, that makes you uh, disobedient. Sin is, dis disobedience is sin. Let me just go ahead and say this. Half obedience is sin. When you don't do everything that God has commissioned you to do, everything this Word tells us to do, you are living in disobedience. The Bible says that he, uh, these are convicting words, but He says you're living in rebellion. When you're disobedient, you're living in rebellion, and you are being operated by a spirit of witchcraft. That's what Samuel says. It's convicting, but it's the truth being released. Pride and disobedience we see now in Saul. And I, how many knows that when, when you get to a place like this in sin, and many of us have been there. I, I've been there so many times in my life where, where sin will get you to a place where, where you don't even see your sin. You don't even hear what you're doing. You can't even sense what's going on. You have the prophetic word that's being released even on service days. And, and the word of God and the truth is going to is supposed to set you free, but you're so positioned in sin that pride has set up inside of you and, and you're positioned so uh, greatly in it that you can't even hear truth. You can't even hear the sound of God speaking to you. Why? Because I'm setting up in the sin that I got myself in. 
I did it because what God told me to do, it was little steps at a time. And let me tell you, that lie will just begin to increase. It'll, it, it will begin to grow in your life. It starts with a little seed, but that lie produces a harvest. And the next thing you do, you can't even see around you. There's a, there's a harvest of lies around you. and You can't even see the forest for the trees. There's the, 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 he, Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites. The, the livestock that God commanded it to be killed could, could be heard. The, the livestock that God commanded Saul to kill could be, uh, it could be smelt. Uh, the, the livestock that, that Saul was to be killed is, there's, there's some that's still there and, and pride and disobedience has now got him in a place of truly being blind to where he's positioned and truly being deaf to, to the truth of God's word. And so now it's completely oblivious to him. It's not visible because when you get in sin, it will blind you and it will deafen you. It, it's that it's that ignoring the revelation. How many times do we hear truth? Do we hear instruction? And we choose not to be obedient to it, but we choose to ignore it. And we can do it with lifted hands. We can do it with a shout. We can do it with a hallelujah. We can high-five each other in this place. But are we moving and acting on what God is instructing us to do? Because there's a difference in saying hallelujah and there's a difference in acting it out. There's a difference in responding with your action. We can, I can respond with the sound, but sometimes my sound might sound flattering, but it is not, it is not sound in me. The livestock here is creating that bleak, the, 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 the bleeding and, and, and because there's been an, an uh, ignoring of the revelation, there's been an ignoring of the prophetic word of God. And I, and I find myself in this situation when I ignore revelation. Come on, somebody. How many knows when you ignore uh, uh, revelation, you will find yourself in a serious situation? But here's the key, ladies and gentlemen. All you have to do is humble your big bad self. And bend your knee and repent. All Saul would have had to do was have a repentive heart. And his situation and the picture that we know of Saul today could have been completely that picture of him and that picture of a wicked heart could have been. A, we would not have that picture today had he just humbled himself in that moment and bent his knee in repentance. But the. He, he told him, he said, I want you to punish Amalek. He was told, don't choose and pick what you want to keep. I want you to punish, punish it all. Kill it all. Get rid of it all. Eradicate everything. Don't let there, listen, don't even let there be a root system. Don't even let a root system. Here's the, here's the key. When a generational curse is broken, don't you allow it back into your house. The, the, the Amalek is to be destroyed with, and, and we see here that, that, that they were pleased. Watch this. It's a sad thing when you're pleased with your... Uh, okay. When, when you're pleased with what you've gained in your disobedience. 
when you're pleased, I was going to say something else, but I just, you know, it was in my flesh. I want to stay in my spirit. We get pleased by what we gain in our disobedience. I, I can gain this. We can use that. And, and can I tell you that seasons that we get into and God is trying to shift us and he's trying to get us to turn loose of some stuff because I believe in this season that we have to turn loose of even what looks good, even what looks like I can use this in the kingdom of God if there is witchcraft connected to it get rid of it get it out of your house get it out of your wallet whatever the case may be you need to get rid of what God is telling you to get rid of and turn loose of what God is telling you to turn loose of they were excited because they had partially obeyed but partial obedience is complete disobedience sparing the best of Amalekite of, of, of the Amalekites of, of Amalek was equivalent to sparing a root system of evil. It was literally equivalent to just, just I'm just going to allow, uh, it's like shutting the door to sin and just allowing it to grow. I, I, I'm, I'm going to, uh, in other words, when God's telling me to get rid of something and I keep it. Now, all of us, the Bible says, work out my salvation with fear and trembling. So what he tells me to get rid of may look different than what he's telling you to get rid of. But whatever he's telling you to get rid of, it's not the hour to halfway do it. And Saul is sparing, and we see that he's not getting rid of everything. And all of a sudden, the spirit that was in the Amalekites, now we see that same spirit, that same self-gratification, that same, now we see it, it's coming into Saul. Are you seeing this? Because what you don't kill, you'll become. What you don't kill, they were so prideful because they, they and, and they were so sneaky. Let me tell you, sin is so sneaky. And, and as Pastor Amanda has said it so many times, it'll crouch at the door. It'll just be a little glimpse over here, a little glimpse over there. But here's the problem that we have, ladies and gentlemen. We always clear the cobwebs, but we're not getting rid of the spiders. I come to tell you, it's time to go to the source. It's time to get to the root system. It's time to eradicate the evil that's hovering over your house and the way that you do that is surrendering unto the Lord is being obedient to his ever tone and his ever truth and whatever he's telling you to do do it don't halfway do it do it all the way God is always just in he is he is he's an action of, of being just he's a just God and I'm going to tell you something. He's a jealous God. I know we don't like to hear that, but he's jealous of your time. Are you hearing me right now? He's jealous. He's jealous. Some of us, God is really speaking right now because we've removed some of the clutter. Can I tell you that as I looked up bleeding, it was actually called complaining. There's a definition that talks about complaining. Listen, isn't it interesting that we're supposed to be the church declaring truth, but we're in the corner complaining about any and everything that we can complain about with our brothers and sisters and we're pulling them, them into our company and we wonder why there's no revival and we wonder why God's not doing what he said he's going to do because what's coming out of your mouth will either be a blessing or a curse it cannot be both guess what else it says it says it can be complaint or the bleat of a cell phone 
You look up the definition, that's what it says. Can I tell you that every cell that doesn't line up with God, it needs to be eradicated. Every sin that so easily besets you, if it's your cell phone, I tell you the best thing you can do is put that thing under your foot and crush it like a spider because you're going to get stuck in webs if you don't get to the source. The livestock that God commanded needed to be killed. Those that were being heard needed to be eradicated. And we're seeing history tell us exactly what happens to the wicked, vile Amalekites. We see God is always just in action. How many knows he's a just God? And he's unique in all of his ways. In the Old Testament, we see the unique history that God chooses to bring judgment for sin. Yes, it was a, a, a gruesome uh, attack. I'm telling you, he's telling you, wipe out everything. In the Old Testament, they just uh, he, he said, I, I just need to wipe it out. There needs to be a clean slate. And we see this is happening. The history tells us that this, this people were wicked. They were exceedingly wicked. They were cunning. They were cruel people. They were cunning and they were cruel. They were religious and their, their religious moral practices were, they were vile. They were, they were vile. They were unpleasant. And the scripture tells us that the Amalekites were evil, which if you go into study, you will see that the Amalekites is a form of man ruled by the flesh. When you look it up, you can see that it's the symbol uh, it's the symbolism of man that's ruled by the flesh, thus the command to utterly destroy everything. How many knows that if you don't kill everything of your flesh, it will creep back up? We got to get to the source. We have to, God is only, he, he says, I want you to destroy everything. He said, because one ounce of flesh in my life. He says that, the, uh, Paul said it like this. He said, we live after the, we don't live after the flesh. God has one statement for flesh. And this is what his statement is. It's what he told them to do. He said, I want you to kill it. If there's any ounce of flesh on the inside of you, you need to kill it. And let me tell you something. There's plenty in me that I need to kill. I'm not sitting here trying to condemn you. I'm trying to help you because our faith has been weakened because we are uh, we're holding stuff that we're not supposed to be holding. We're holding on to things as our favorite habits or our favorite. So we got stuff in our drawers that God told us to get rid of. I'm here to tell you, God is saying it's time to kill. It's time to mortify the flesh. Paul said it. If you live after the flesh, you're going to die by that fleshly desire. But through the spirit, you need to mortify the deeds of the flesh and if you'll mortify the deeds of the flesh and uh, completely eradicate sin in your life and you'll be intentional in it the Bible tells us that you will not die but you will live how many wants to live I'm, I'm not talking about breathing air I'm talking about living in his presence I, I'm talking about living in his purpose I, I'm talking about living in the promises of God but I have to put to death sexual immorality I have to put to death impurity I have to put to death those lustful desires that try to creep back up in the corner. I got to get to the source and I got to squash it tonight. He told the, uh, the Galatian church, he said, whatever belongs to Christ has, been cruci has crucified their flesh. And in, in Amalek, in Exodus, we see it, it, it's, uh, the story that it's coming from is, is Israel, they were fresh out of Egypt. They had just escaped slavery. Can I tell you that's when the enemy runs after you? That's so true. The greatest is when you get real freedom. That's so 
When you, when you get out of your bondage, when you get out of uh, uh, men's opinion lording over you, the next thing that'll happen is the enemy will come running after you. The Amalekite spirit, your flesh will begin to talk you out of the things God has brought you into. And that is what happens on the, on the edge of the promise even. God will, God will give you a promise, but the enemy will do everything he can to keep you out of the fulfillment and the fullness of what God has promised you. And I want you to know that they had been slaved, but they had been finally set free how many was enslaved by addiction enslaved whatever your 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 prison was but you're set free tonight if that's you in this place can I just get one witness and just somebody praise God because you're not in that prison anymore you're not in that spirit of perversion anymore you're not in that spirit of lack anymore you're not in that spirit of disobedience anymore God has freed you from that place and you're finally set free and you're being led by the promise the same God that promised the children of Israel that promised Abraham that his descendants would uh, would be many and that they were going to see great promise and they then they came to a battle and they remembered that while Moses held up his hands God's people would win the battle and as his hands were lifted up Israel would prevail through a posture of surrender let me tell you how you prevail obedience and surrender if you'll surrender your will if you'll surrender your thoughts if you'll surrender everything that you have unto God and the way that you surrender when you come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise how many knows if you've got lifted hands then you are standing smack dab in the midst of victory you don't have to live as a victim when you've got surrendered hands unto the king who has already set you free who has already pulled you out of slavery and Israel prevailed through a posture of surrender do I have anybody in this place tonight that you have a posture of praise. I, I, I know you might have pain. I know you may have a problem. I know you have, may be facing one of the hardest seasons that you've ever faced in your life. But is there anybody that just got 30 seconds? We're going to take a stop right now. And I want you to get in a posture of praise right now. Put your hands together. Lift your hands toward heaven as a sign of surrender. I give it to you. I surrender to you. I give you the praise. And when your hands go up, the Bible said that the victory was theirs and the Amalekites were defeated and I'm grateful for some brothers and sisters that when I'm weak they will help me hold up a hand they will help me hold up my praise come on somebody the Amalekites always position themselves on the weak people they all that's the way they came in they snuck them way their way into the back place into the weak place but I come to tell you when you got some Aaron and hers in your corner I come to tell you that the Amalekites is no a match for an anointing son or daughter somebody give God praise in this place like you know that you have a power that's working on the inside of your surrender that's greater than any satanic attack against your family satanic attack against your ministry if you've been fought like hell on every corner I wish I had somebody that would level up and put your hands up and give God the glory Moses held up one arm. Moses held up both his arms and Aaron held up one when he would begin to, when it began to fall and the Amalekites were defeated through obedience. Even in their, him lifting the, the rod high, lifting the word, lifting his praise to God. When you lift your praise to God, you're lifting your dependence upon him. 
You're showing everybody else, he's my God. You know, people say, oh, they're showing off, they're dancing, they're, why do they got to hold their hands up the whole song? Because I surrender all. I'm not trying to show you anything other than he's my God. And without him, I can do nothing. Stand in the power of obedience. Turn your neighbor and tell him, stand in his obedience. Live in, in, in the place and position of honor and praise to God, only to God, only to him. All to Jesus, I surrender. Right here, I believe that some of you have been, if you've been like us, you've had Hell's Kitchen thrown at you. You've had everything thrown at you in this season. If that's you, just lift your hand. Just lift another hand if that's you. That's how you surrender right there. Everything that has troubled you and troubled around you, I wanted to stop in this portion that has targeted you because it's more than just an everyday struggle now. It's not just an everyday struggle. It may start that way, but it's a spiritual war. And if we don't see that it's a spiritual war, we'll stay in our flesh. And if we stay in our flesh, we'll half-heartedly worship him. We'll miss it. We'll, 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 oh man, I, I need to be careful. Uh, trouble around you may be there, but if you have a heart of worship, then, then you're not going to be so focused on the trouble. And, and, and God can get you out of what you're not focused on. You need to focus on the one, you, God can get you out of the trouble that you're not focused on is what I meant to say. If you'll focus on God, what you magnify, you've heard me say it, will manifest. And these demonic spirits in this day and in this hour, they're working overtime. They're working, they're working past the hours they used to work. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. And, and they have a purpose. But I want you to know your purpose is greater than the enemy's purpose over your life. They have a plan, but God's plan over your life is greater than the plans and the purposes of the enemy. The enemy wants to place sickness on you, and some of you are so distracted that you have not yet obtained your miracle, but a miracle is coming to those who will focus on the right thing and eradicate the wrong thing. Spiritual wars must be fought with spiritual weapons. I want you to write that down. Spiritual wars must be fought with spiritual weapons. I can never fight in my mind. As a matter of fact, everything I'm saying to you will not make sense if you're listening with your carnality. But if you're listening with your spirit, you understand that this is a spiritual battle and I'm not going to win it in my flesh. I got to move into faith. I got to move into faith. The, the symbol of how that the enemy uses natural things is shown that the Amalekites were a natural enemy. They were visible. They were tangible. The things uh, They were warring against God's people. Just like when you go to a doctor's report and they tell you that you have this or you have that or you got cancer, it's visible, right? It's a natural sign. It's a natural report. But they're not going to tell you that the root is a demonic spirit. Because it's a spiritual thing. But can I tell you that by his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes that he bore on his back, you're healed from every sickness and every disease. And cancer can be uprooted from your body. Why? Because he's already conquered it all on the cross. It's already been taken care of. So no matter what the reports of the man, we know the power of our God. There is a doctor that might examine you, but there's a great physician who can touch you and heal you. Come on, somebody. 
He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon you and by it was upon him and by his stripes you can be healed tonight. So going back to our opening verse, we see that God swore that he would have war with the Amalekite. The Amalekites, that he would have war with Amalek. From generation to generation, if you read in Deuteronomy 25, 17, God reminds Moses, he says, remember what they did to you. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of bondage. He says, watch this, how he met you on the way and attacked you from behind. It, he attacked you in your weakness. This is the way of the enemy. He, he has no other way than to creep up on you. He wants to attack you while you're straggling. Come on, somebody. He wants to attack you while you're weary. He, he wants that. That's why a lot of times when people are, de, uh, are destroyed, it's when they've poured out so much and they're in a weak state and the enemy comes in in that moment, that vulnerable moment. This is what happened. This is exactly what happened here. And we see that the, the Bible says in verse, somebody say verse 19. I'm thankful for verse 19 tonight. Because it says, therefore it shall be. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, it shall be. Now, I want you to hear this tonight. Don't just listen to it. I want you to hear it with your spirit. It shall be when the Lord your God has given you rest. Somebody say, there's rest coming to your house. Encourage your neighbor right now. There's rest coming to your house from your enemies all around you. I wish I had a B3 to just hit right there. When you find your rest from your enemies all around you, the Bible is saying when you start to experience this, come on, say, I'm about to experience this. He says, in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance, that you will, watch this, blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Can I tell you something? Every enemy, every sin, everything that has kept you bondage, everything that has kept you back, I come to tell you that it's about to be blotted out in the name of Jesus. Now, I need somebody to get excited right there and give God praise because Jesus has already blotted out everything that's tried to hinder your blessing. Come on. Every bleeding that's tried to block the blessing, Jesus already blotted it out. Even your past, where you came from, what you did, I come to tell you that it's been blotted out by the blood of Jesus and it will never be remembered again. It cannot be pulled back up into your face. The only one who will do that is the little creeper himself. He's the accuser of the brethren. But I come to tell you every spirit of flesh, every spirit of the, Mal the Amalekite spirit that tries to creep back in the corner, I come to tell you if you'll squash the spider, you won't have to deal with the web anymore. You won't have to deal with wickedness. You won't even have to deal with the thoughts that so easily beset you because the enemy wants to come after your identification. If he can get your identity, he can get your future. If he can get your identity, he can steal from your family. He can steal from your future. But I'm looking for somebody who understands who they are in God and they understand that this word is true and every word that comes against it and every word that doesn't sound like it I come to tell you it's a lie from the pits of hell so every Amalekite that's trying to creep in that's trying to be a secret weapon I come to tell you it's been eradicated by the blood the blood of Jesus has already blotted out every lie and every trick of the enemy amen give him praise that's all right put your hands together and bless him everything 
that tried to break you has been blotted out. The bleeding of your past has been blotted out. The bleeding of that, that's, that gets in the way of the blessing, it's already been blotted out. The bleeding of all the noise of the enemy, it's been blotted out when the blood is applied. Matter of fact, when the blood pulled down the, on the ground from the cross, death was eradicated. The sting was taken out. I, I like to say it like this, oh death, where is your sting? Oh sin, where is your victory? Come on somebody. And this time had come. This was the time they are dwelling in the land and they, had been def- they, they have defeated every other neighboring nation. Now this is the time and the Lord is commanding Saul, go down and take care of it. Take care of Amalek. Listen, God is telling his people right now, the stuff that's been lingering around, it's time to take care of it. You've seen victories, you've seen things, that you've seen God do this, that, and the other, but in order for you to experience the full blessing, you got to take care of the bleeding. And Saul, the people's king from the tribe of Benjamin, he was chosen and he was anointed. In the beginning, he was chosen and anointed. And on correlation day, he was hiding. And I want you to understand that he was small in his own eyes. He had humble beginnings. Oh, but we've come so far from those humble beginnings. We've come so far from that place where he was hiding out with some donkeys because he didn't feel worthy enough. Now he feels so worthy that he's building a statue for himself. He's building a monument not for God to worship God for what he wants to do. But now he's building a monument and he's proud of himself for being half obedient. And we see here that the king, the tribe of Benjamin, now where he was at a humble state, He's living in pride. He's living in disobedience. He, he feared man over God. He, he not only feared man over God, but he wanted to please them over him. He desired to be worshipped, not to worship the one true God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. This is the Jezebelic spirit. It's every spirit in between. Every Leviathan spirit, everything works together for this goal of idolization of my accomplishments. That is where we hear the convicting words of Samuel, obedience is better than sacrifice. But here's what I want to tell you. It It was disobedient sacrifice. It wasn't obedient sacrifice. That's why he's saying... He's saying this. He says, obedience, what God tells you to do is better than you holding stuff back that looks fat and looks good that you're going to say you're going to use for God. Listen, I don't care how bright that door looks. If it's not God, let him shut it. If it doesn't, if there's not a, a future to what you're holding on to, let go of it. Stop allowing the cobwebs in the corner. God is trying to squash the spider. I'm on that one right there. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and we see the kingdom torn from Saul now as it grabs a hold of the prophet. Why did he grab a hold of the prophet in that moment? He wasn't worried about losing the presence. He was worried about losing position, and he grabbed the prophet's garment, and the Bible says that that, that was torn, and the kingdom was torn from him. What naturally happened, spiritually happened on the inside of Saul. He was worried about position, and he lost the kingdom. 
Don't take the, pro, the, 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 the position was Saul's heart. Don't take the position. Don't take the kingdom. He says, don't take the kingdom. And then we see that, that, that there was a different heart posture in an, another king. But we see that, that Saul, was, he was so caught up on the position that he missed everything else. He, he was so caught up. He was, and then the Bible says that, that because he was in this place of rebellion, uh, we see that he was taken out, that his position was taken down even before we visibly saw it. The kingdom of God was torn from him. The presence of God was torn from him. And we see that David said in Psalms 51, he said, he didn't say, don't take my position from me. He said, don't take the presence from me. Don't take your presence from me. He said, don't take your spirit from me he said restore to me the joy of my why did he say those words because there's no joy outside of the presence of God there's no peace outside of the presence of God the most important thing to David David wasn't a perfect king but he was an obedient king and the most important thing to David was don't take my he wasn't worried about his position as a matter of fact I could go through time and show you that he was willing to give it up if his time was up we have seen it when Zadok came and took the presents back to him he said go ahead and send the ark back because if my time's up God will let us know and he was okay with giving up his position if it was time why because David understood that without the presence there is no uh, there is no real position without the presence there is no authentic position without the presence there is no authority and Saul now is working outside of authority and this is what is happening in the body of the Christ in the church we have gotten we have taken on the spirit of Saul we're not even allowing others to come up underneath us because we're getting jealous and so many a spirit of jealousy has has crept in so much in the church that it has kept us from the fullness of what God wants to do in the body but I come to squash every jealous spider tonight I come to crush everything that has so easily beset the church or upset the church whatever the case may be it's time for you to get over yourself and get your eyes on the, the one who created you the one who created your purpose the one who created your plan and don't be so caught up on what you've been positioned in that you don't even focus on his presence anymore you can take my position but you cannot take his presence from me you can take fame but you cannot take my future because my future is in his presence my peace is in his presence my joy come on somebody I wish I had somebody that was more concerned about being in his presence than taking your position I'm tired of the church all they want is a position and those are the enemies those are them Amalekites because they will come in in creepy crawly places and they'll be so silent that you won't even know they're there but they're gathering information they're gathering information you got to be careful with those silent secret weapons that gather in I'm talking about sin in your life that sounds that don't have any sounds just yet but I promise you if you allow those sins to stay in your life I promise you this they'll start bleeding they'll start bleeding they'll start making sounds they'll start smelling and everybody around you will see it and you'll be blinded to it and you'll be deaf to it but is there anybody in this place that would say I want to be a pure bride come on somebody I want to be a holy bride I want to be a remnant that's roaring revival I want to be an outcast if I have to be an outcast 
I don't have to be popular to men, but God help me to be obedient to you. Everybody stand to your feet all over this place. In Romans 6 and Hebrews 12, we have been instructed to destroy every trace of sin. Every trace of sin. Every hit of evil is to be put away. Every weight is to be dropped. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, kill everything. Well, that's real churchy, ain't it? It's time to start killing. Kill everything. Boy, somebody will just clip that right there and they'll just put it on church milk and say, he said kill it. He ain't speaking life, he's speaking kill. That's what they do. It's time to drop the weights that so easily beset you and it's time to kill everything. Turn your neighbor and say, it's time to kill everything. Samuel says, if you have obeyed, then what is the sound? And here's where I'm closing. <laughs> what is your sound? What is your sound? If you have obeyed, then what is that sound I hear in my ears? If you have followed the word of the Lord, what is the bleeding I hear? What is the sound that I'm still hearing? I hear... God saying, I want to ask the question. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, what is the sound? Here's the, here's, here it is, we're closing. What is the bleeding that's hindering your blessing? I want you to really think about this. I want us to really think about this. Let me say it so it doesn't sound like I'm condemning you. What is the bleeding that is hindering your blessing? You say, what, is, what are you talking about? What's the attitude that's corrupted your anointing? What is the lust that is greater than your Lord? What is the addiction that cannot be broken by the anointing in your life? Why? Because you're holding on to it. What is the habit that's getting in the way of the open heaven? Do you still hear chains of bondage? that were broken last Sunday? Are they dragging behind you on this Wednesday? Samuel's ears couldn't ignore the noise, even though they were ready to worship. You can have worship, but still be noisy. What was supposed to be eradicated? Samuel the prophet couldn't ignore it. It was a problem. It was chains. It was bondage was banging in the ears of the prophet as they were trying to bless the Lord because of their half obedience. The pathetic sound of pride and position was more greater than their sound of blessing. But David, when he got the presence back, there was no pride in David. He didn't care what people thought about him. Matter of fact, he danced so great, 
straight out of his royal garment. I want you to understand what it was. It wasn't just that he danced and he got, he was dancing till he was naked. He danced till his royal attire fell off of him because it wasn't about what he was wearing. Come on, somebody. It was about what he was possessing. Come on, somebody. It's one thing to wear something. It's another thing to become what you're wearing. Elisha had the mantle thrown on him, but he didn't just become the mantle just because it was thrown on him. There was a process that he had to pursue the one who positioned the mantle on him. Listen, God will always position something on you before he positions you in the thing that he put on you. He has to get it on you to entice you to know that this is much better than where you are. You've been obedient here. I see that I, I'm going a little bit all over the place, but you've been obedient here, and, and I've seen that you're diligent here, but I'm going to put something on you. This is called purpose, and I, I'm going to put it on you, but you, you haven't become it yet until you're willing to wear it until then you until you're willing to follow the one who is walking in purpose. And I'm not talking about me. Let's just go ahead and get that out of here. I'm not telling you to follow me. Don't follow me follow God. I'm just telling you that if God places something on you, it's not that, oh, I've arrived. Because people who are about position, you won't see them when there's presence. They'll run. They'll hide. They'll whatever the case. Because there's only two things you can do when presence gets in the room. You can run and repent or you'll run and hide. So many are frustrated in sickness, bitterness. Why? Because the enemy has stolen your authority. You know how he did it? Through security. Because you care more about what people say about you than what God has told you to do. I did it for them. They told me, they told me to do it. He started blaming the people. Because when, you, when the magnifying glass gets on you, the best thing you can do is blame somebody else. That's what he started doing. They told me to do it. I didn't want to displease the man. Don't be frustrated. Don't be frustrated. It was not the king of the Amalekites, and I'm closing, that killed Saul. Right? It was the descendant. Because the thing that you refuse to get rid of will produce offspring to get rid of you. The thing that you choose not to get rid of, that God has told you to get rid of, has the power, listen to me, and the ability to produce offspring that's going to take you out. What are you talking about? The habit? Whatever your struggle is, you say, what are you talking? What's the source? What is this? What caused this? God is saying, quit dealing with the symptom and deal with the cause. The symptom is depression. The symptom is drinking. The symptom is pornography. The symptom is anger. The symptom is hate. And let me tell you something. 
Start opening your eyes to people who are throwing hate. I want to say it because I'm tired of the enemy getting credit and calling it spiritual. The symptom is anger. That's the symptom. The, the, and it's hate. What is the cause? Low self-esteem. Prejudice. Hurt. Lust. That's the cause of the symptom. So you can't change the symptom until you get to the root of the cause. Let me tell you, some of the, the root is religion. I'm telling you, we get so complacent, even in sitting in a church. I, man, there's been people who have been so faithful to go into the house of God, but they've never moved past that one step because they're caught in a web of religion. God is saying, don't deal with the symptom. Deal with the cause. And I hear a sound of some things that need to be killed tonight. That's what the Lord said. I want us to hear the sounds of the things that need to be killed tonight. He says, I want you to replace the noise of sin with the sound of surrender. I want you to replace the noise. And I'm talking about some of you, the things that's hindering you is the sound of your sin. You've allowed it to stay in there. You've allowed it to be uh, not, not only be what you were, but you're allowing it to stay and, and label you who you are. You can never get past what, listen, others think about you. Because you know what God thinks about you. God sent His only Son to die and He eradicated sin and He got rid of everything and He made you a new creature. Old things are already passed away and behold, all things are new but you're still worried about what somebody thinks about your past. Who cares about what people think about you? I'm tired of the noise of sin that you, that you allow to, to, to listen to. You allow yourself to listen to the lie of the enemy. Here's what God is saying. It's time to replace the noise of sin with the sound of surrender, obedience, and worship. I heard the Lord say that the anointing is going to be not just, uh, be, not just listening to an instrument. It's what I started out with. Because we can come here and we can listen to worship. And we can, we can be soothed like Saul. Saul was soothed when the worship team got up. Saul was soothed when David would play his heart but listen he wasn't saturated he it, that's why he couldn't lead this uh, he couldn't lead different than the way that he went into his tent because he was soothed by a sound uh, that was heavenly but he wasn't saturated he didn't he he would rather listen to the instrument than become the instrument here's what I want to ask you are you going to listen to the instrument or are you going to be uh, become the instrument that says I'm going to allow heaven to come in me I'm going to allow Jesus to change me I'm going to allow Jesus to speak through me whether it's in a parking lot of Pickley Wiggly and there's a widow girl out in the inner car that's got Jesus license plate on I, I want to tell you are you going to allow Jesus to speak through you are you going to allow Jesus to use your hands are you going to be an instrument of the grace of the kingdom of God 